Hello everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Hello everyone. We are coming live from the horse box. <laughs> it's not live. Can you imagine if it was live? We'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> So we're recording this in our lunch break and it has not stopped raining for pretty much the entirety of March mm. and Evie is sitting here very cold and very wet. I'm soaked through. And you're not very happy, are no. you? <laughs> <laughs> but this is the reality of this. My pants are wet. Oh, I knew you were going to say that <laughs> and I literally thought, I hope she didn't say that her pants are wet. <laughs> It's true. That's how, like, soaked through I am. Your pants are wet. Mm. Yeah. At least it's warm, though. No, but I find that makes it worse sometimes because now I'm warm, but I'm also damp. Yeah. So it's like, my I feel weird. Okay. Like, it's like a sensory experience, but it's not in, like, a, in a good way. It's not a nice way. No. No. Okie doke. So I'll go first my layman sound. So mainly things have just been lame in the weather they, it's just been horrendous I think this is the wettest March on record isn't it spring is not springing nothing's springing you know that that like little yellow sunlight happiness that I saw in the form of a daffodil a couple of weeks ago gone we had one really nice day on Monday yeah one out of what 31 <laughs> in March yeah but Christ it's just it's really weighing me down it mm. really is yeah, my body is just, like, so over it. I think I did well through winter this year. I think I did better coping through the winter weather. But now I'm, like, my patience is... Waning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that one. I would say that the weather and how terrible it has been has just made me feel so unmotivated towards the horses. And I haven't really done anything in, like, the last month with them. What, like, competitions? Yeah. But even when I ride them, I'm a little bit, like, here, there, everywhere. Yeah. I don't really have that much of a plan. No. And I know that, you know, you should have a plan and you should be motivated every day, blah, 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 and the weather shouldn't affect you, but it does. I've got, like, the Nationals in, like, three weeks and I don't feel as though that is even happening. That feels so far away. Yeah, it does, but it isn't. No, it's not. I looked on the calendar the other day and I thought, ooh. Whoopsies. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe ride through the test. <laughs> Maybe I should think about that, yeah. actually. But, yeah, I'm just... I'm just a bit unmotivated. But also, we didn't actually get a day off last week, did we? So I think that really made it feel like we were living in limbo. Yeah. Like, I lost track of what day it was. You know, I never know what day it is. No. And also the tiredness from that, too. Yeah. Was quite intense, but... I also had a bit of a traumatic experience this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have a very, very bad phobia of frogs. It's like the most severe phobia I've ever seen in real life. <laughs> In real life. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I just am absolutely terrified of them. And oh I'm not even sure I want to talk about it. It literally makes my toes curl. It makes me feel like all icky and like mm. um Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't have to talk about it? I'm not sure I can talk about no. it. No. Joanna there was a frog in the stable as Joanna was sweeping. What were you doing? Sweeping the entrance mm. of the stable. And you said you were sweeping with the broom and you felt something heavy. Oh, my God. <laughs> against the broom and then you looked down and it was just like a frog, like, splayed in the middle of the stable it or something. It was fucking spread eagle, like, I don't crawling know. in the shaving. Because I was on the other side of the yard doing a different stable. But I just heard you being like, Mum! <laughs> oh, my God! Mum! No! 
I just Help like me! scream. Like stood in the middle of the yard, it. like with your head in your hands. I know. Well, paralyzed to be fair, through fear. I thought that was a better reaction because in the past, if there's been one in the stable, I bolt out of there. But actually, even though I did leave the door open and it was Sirocco's stable, so I left Sirocco in there with the door wide open. <laughs> with the frog. With the frog. He had to fend for himself, <laughs> poor thing. You're on your own now, soldier. <laughs> I I didn't actually, like, properly bolt. I only got, like, ten steps and no, then, then I then stood still. No, but then you couldn't move. You were literally, like, you were just stood there. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm terrified. And then your mum went up to you and, like, she went to hug you, I think, and you were like, ah! You, you, I was like, don't touch me, don't touch me! <laughs> I knew it was a frog from a yeah. distance. I knew that was what it had to be. But yeah, I didn't go over because I was sort of like, there are like two other people there. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like the more people there are, the worse it I, is. I then need someone to move said beast and like make sure the entire area is then very much frog free. Otherwise yeah. I can't go back. So I just funny. can't do it. So such a random. But like the other phobia. day, <laughs> they're like, they're quite harmless animals. No, you they're know? not. They're going to kill me. <laughs> what is it about frogs that like, I don't know I, I really don't is know is it that they're slimy or I mean let's not talk about them because <laughs> I, I get like people with spiders and like snakes and stuff like that because like even though spiders in this country aren't like venomous but still it's that like concept of them being a bit yeah. more dangerous where like frogs are just like lolloping about I think it's the way they move though they're like tubby rubby oh my god baby <laughs> stop I actually can't go oh you don't like hopping oh no no what no, if it's no, a kangaroo no. Well, I've never seen one of those they in hop. real life, so I wouldn't know. Some kangaroos are, like, jacked. Have you seen them in Australia? They're, like, some male kangaroos are, like, they've got, like, a bloody six-pack. Yeah, but I don't think one of those is going to be hiding. That's frightening, though. By the I'd stable. Be, I'd be scared of a male kangaroo who came on yeah. the other. I'd be, like, Have I'd Have you run. got a phobia of male kangaroos? No, but they're jacked. So a female like, kangaroo is fine. And they punch you as well. They, they're <laughs> literally punch you in the face. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, well, yeah, so that, that's been what's going on with me recently. <laughs> the horses are going quite well at the moment, I think. Well, at least m- mine are going quite well. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Especially, yeah. like, the young ones. Like, they're, they're doing really well. Yeah. I rode one of the youngsters today and he was really well behaved. That really, like, is, like, a game changer as well, isn't it, in your day? Like, if your horse goes well or, oh, like, a yeah. horse that you're riding that goes really well, it just, like, makes you feel on cloud nine. If they don't go so well, you're literally questioning what is the point of like existence. <laughs> I know. Isn't that sad though? How easily our mood is dependable on well, how I don't. Goes. I don't know because I think it's like we do what we do to ride. The riding is what we get enjoyment from, and like sometimes I enjoy mucking out and things like that. But that's not why I do, do what I do. So I think that's why sometimes if your horse doesn't go very well, you're a bit like oh, I've just been rained on, like picking up yeah. poo, like what, yeah. for what, for what, yeah. <laughs> for why? Yeah, I can't like, even ride. <laughs> yeah. God, I have that all the time. I'm literally like, I can't, I can't ride. No. And then uh, for me, I like using all of the arena when I ride. I'm like, I want to use all 20 by 60 meters of this arena. You can't have moment, anything in the arena. No, either. I can't. I can't. <laughs> See, I'm a bit more lax with that sort of stuff. No, but like at the moment, because it's rained so much, our arena is like a bog down one. Oh, end. yeah, down the bottom. And I have to keep constantly avoiding it. Mm. And it just, it like grates on me. It irritates me deeply. Mm. And I'm constantly like, Really? Yeah, you like, just can't ride properly. No. no. And so, I don't like riding through that anyway because I don't think it's good for their legs to like no, sink in. No, it's not. So no. I'm constantly having to avoid it. But yeah, that's about it, really. 
Oh, also, Daisy Jones finished. Oh, yeah. That was such a good series. I cried my eyes out. So did I. <laughs> Even though both of us have already read the book, so we know what was going to happen. I forgot, though. Did you? I mean, I'm not going to say what I forgot, because it'll be no. a huge spoiler if anybody wants to watch it. It is a really good show. I highly recommend it. But I... I knew most of it, most of the ending, but there was one big part that I completely forgot, and yeah. I was like, ah, and I just like cracked my eyes out. Yeah, I had hoped that they were going to change it. Oh really? Yeah. No, they can't do that. I know, but they changed a couple of things up from the book, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's gonna, maybe it's gonna be a happy ending. Yeah, I love a happy ending, but um... it's not the real world. <laughs> you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Oh, I just want to Bad stuff happens ever. and you need to get ready for it. I'm not ready. <laughs> I just asked Effie where the second dilemma is and she just she just pointed at her head. It was like it's all up here. <laughs> it is. You'll see in a minute. Like, no no one will see, everyone will hear, honestly. Well, same thing. <clears throat> okay, so this is a little bit of like a competition special episode. Not that we're competing. No. <laughs> well, I'm competing. You're competing. When? You're competing this Sunday. Oh. Because I'm potentially going with you. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. To help. Give me a few tips. <laughs> no, just to like room, basically. Just um, to lean me around because I can't do it myself. <laughs> do your up downs. Um, and up, then, down, up. Well done, One, Jana. two, one. <laughs> I might do that in the warm up for a joke. Uh, please do. And uh, anyway, and then we're competing at Addington in a couple of weeks' time. And then I've got the Nationals week after that. It's like competition central on our yard. Okay, I'm just not in that headspace right now. Well, you, you've got two days and then you're competing, so you I need to get ready. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, okay, so dilemma one. How do you get over competition nerves slash thinking everyone else is better than you? Now, this is a dilemma that I wish someone could um, tell me the answer to because I don't know. <laughs> do you no. know? I, everyone has this though, surely. Yeah. I do. Yeah, everyone has it. But I think there are things, there are measures that you can put in place to help your mental well-being surrounding this. Something I would say for the second point of this dilemma thinking everyone else is better than you if that is just at competition what you should do is go phone free whilst mm. you're at the competition because something that I have found in the past especially if you're at like a bigger competition let's say a Premier League or an international competition is that you're there for quite a few days mm. so you find yourself just like in your free time you're just looking at posts online of people that are in your class who you've been competing against that have potentially done better than you and you're thinking oh my god they're so much better than you and then you're still seeing it like constantly and I feel like there's a statistic that if you look at your phone it decreases your like sports performance yeah because also we have the keep app don't we because I'm terrible with the keep app <clears throat> if, I, if I'm at a competition and it's on a keep I'm like on it all the time yeah I'm like refresh 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 yeah. looking at all the results and I think sometimes that doesn't help me before I compete because then yeah. you're thinking, oh, the, you know, the highest score is 70. That's what I need to be. And I think that sort of pressure doesn't help. I prefer not knowing anything when I'm going in. Yeah. So something I would say is definitely see if you can go completely phone free before your competition, just so you can really get in the right mindset and so that no outside influences affect your competition mindset. 
Mm. And then that can also help with your nerves because, you know, if you're thinking that everyone else is better than you, then that's already a negative mindset to be in, which won't help competition nerves whatsoever. So something that I have been recommended to do in the past is to go through your entire warm-up routine and competition all in real time. So... For an example, you're doing a dressage test, takes six minutes. You need to be taking six minutes to go through the test in your head. So you're literally riding every single stride, you're doing every single aid that you're going to be doing, you're thinking about how your horse is feeling, you're thinking about where you're going to be going, what's going on around you. And this is so that your brain then thinks that you've already done it. So then when you do go and you do your test and you ride your competition, you've practically already done it already in your head because you've done all of it in real time and everything that's going on and that should hopefully make it feel easier for you you have to say i don't do that maybe you should try it so if you're feeling nerves like before you're going in then i think you should visualize it yeah you know if if you're if it's like a huge event that you're going to and you've been working for the past like few years for this event then you really need to think like a couple weeks out. One, I would say you need to have a lot of different plans in place, you know, of plans that you're going to do with your horse, you know, your routine that you're going to be doing. You want to have plan A, plan B, plan C, so that if plan A goes wrong or outside circumstances stop you from doing that, then you don't get too nervous about it because you're like, that's fine, I've got plan B already made. And that can eliminate that stress as well. I would say as well, like in terms of being at the show, maybe I sometimes listen to music, like when I'm getting my horse ready. I find it beneficial to watch a test before I go in because like with me, at least sometimes I struggle sort of spatially. So seeing somebody ride through the test and utilise the arena space, that really helps me. So I would say a lot of managing nerves is almost getting a routine that works for you. So I would say in contrast to that, There have been times when watching a test makes me feel so much more nervous. It's almost like I don't want to go anywhere near what is going on. Oh, really? Like, for, for a really big competition, so, like, Europeans or nationals or something, I've literally been, like... I want to stay in the calm and the quiet of the stables and I don't want to go anywhere near there because there's so much energy and tension and there's so much going on over there that I need to just stay really nice and calm and quiet here where I am. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I mean, I don't, like, go straight to the arena when I turn up and watch loads of tests. I usually do my warm-up and then as I'm sort of walking, you know, I've done my warm-up, I then just look at a test and I think, oh, yeah, that's where I'm going. It's more of like a I know where I'm going. Yeah, I'd say that that's easier to do when you're on the horse. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, so, uh, but but again, like you're saying, you've got to make sure that you know your routine and test it out. I would say the worst thing you can do is sticking to the same routine every single show. You've got to test things out mm. in the way that you prepare for your competition, you know, the weeks and the days beforehand then how you prepare for the competition on the day. So test out going to go and watch people in the test. Test out not... <laughs> I'm saying test so many times. Test out not going and watching a test. Or, you know, see if being on your phone all day affects how you ride. Or see if you can literally lock your phone away, not look at it, not look at the scores, not know who's judging you, and just see what difference that makes to you and your mental well-being and therefore your nerves in how you 
present to the competition. I think I read an article, actually, they interviewed Lottie Fry about her competition routine and she's very regimented. Yeah. And actually, I think it was either at the Olympics or the World, she was saying that she was quite nervous because she usually has pasta before she competes or something, but they the canteen didn't offer it. So she had to have a salad and she said like it really almost bothered her because she was like, oh, the meal's not right. But something she did as well, which I found quite interesting, she always brushes her teeth before doing yeah. a test. And I was like, that's sort of what we talk about in previous episodes about wearing makeup to make you feel more ready. I always have a mint before I... Yeah, I on. think it's little little things like that I think also make you feel a bit more confident or a bit more prepared. Mm. I also wanted to say that a piece of advice that really helped me is that every arena is the same. Yes. Because that really helped me, as I mentioned earlier, because I struggle spatially sometimes, you know, with my left and rights and all of that. Sometimes that gets in my head and I think, oh, you know, it's like, Ugh. But actually, when someone just said to me once... You know, every arena is the same size. I said that to you. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. So I find that helps sometimes. So maybe if you're a bit stressed before going, doing your test, think, well, this arena is no different to the arena at home. Yeah. Provided, obviously, you've got... (laughs) A 20 by 60. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, we're our own worst enemy. We almost think that people are going to be like, oh, gosh, she can't ride. She didn't do very well. But actually, people that work with horses know that it's so up and down. You know, you're not always going to be on cloud nine every time winning everything. It's just not the reality. So I think sometimes if you just put it into perspective and think, if it doesn't go right, that's not a reflection on my ability or my horse's talent. It's just sometimes not everything goes your way. Yeah, you're still an amazing rider. And you're still at that competition. You're still doing that level and that's great. I would also say if you are really struggling and our advice, you know, maybe isn't quite enough for you, then go and see a sports psychiatrist psychologist do you know i always get that wrong <laughs> i literally said that like two seconds ago well, sports psychologist what's the difference psychiatrist is somebody that like diagnoses mental illnesses <laughs> and like prescribes medication for it whereas a psychologist is just like someone that sort of helps you with your well-being it's, it's like not as this is proof that you shouldn't take our advice because i don't know what take I'm your talk- advice <laughs> take my advice i don't know what i'm talking about whatsoever Moving on to dilemma two. Now, I really like... I'm going to really enjoy discussing this, I think. (laughs) I just want to say that. How to manage a friend who's downplaying the level you're doing with your horse. Evie, take the floor. So this dilemma was sort of informally sent in, but just to add a little bit of a wider context, this person has a friend who has clearly competed to a much higher level than the person has. And this person had a competition and they were quite nervous about it. And the other person who's competed to a higher level was sort of downplaying it, you know, being like, well, if you can't, if you're going to get nervous doing that, how are you going to do a higher level? Or, you know, well, I do this level and X, Y, Z. I just sort of think, for me, I would just be completely honest. Yeah. And just tell them, because they might not know. You know, it might not be nasty or malicious. They, They might be actually doing it from sort of a place of like kindness. They might be trying to make you feel better, but it's actually coming across the wrong way especially if they have competed to such high level you know because they might have done those lower levels years and years ago so they're like oh you know it's not a big deal that's what they genuinely think and they might struggle to put themselves in the mindset of somebody else or what they used to be like yeah so if it was me i would just say to them look i've never done this level before i know you've competed to a much higher level but that still doesn't take away from the fact that i'm nervous because i haven't done it before and i'd be like surely you were nervous when you did your first you know whatever it is Yeah, so I would say that it's almost like 
the friend said this in such an offhand way that they wouldn't have even considered that it could affect the other person quite a lot mentally as well. Mm, yeah, so when I say be honest, I wouldn't message the person now just out of context being like, you know when you said this thing? Because <laughs> yeah, I think that. that's just creating drama for like no reason. But in saying that, if they say those sort of comments again, then I might be like, like if it was you, I'd be like, look, I've never done advanced medium before. So I'm nervous about it. I know you've done it for like however many years, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that I've never done it before. So I'm nervous. To which you'd probably be like, oh yeah, that's fair enough. But honestly, you shouldn't worry about it because of blah, 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 blah. So that's sort of how I would manage it. I think it's quite common, actually, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. I, I had it quite a lot when I started here, I think, with Terry. Yeah. My trainer, even Samantha, she almost said, we forget sometimes how little you have done. Yes. In the past. And she's like, oh, you know, felt almost bad about it. And I was like, no, it's fine. But it was quite nice of her to like acknowledge that because I was a bit like sometimes, I don't know, when you are the one that's competed at a lower level or more like inexperienced, you do get that insecurity. So I think potentially maybe this person who sent this dilemma in perceived it in this way because she's actually a little bit insecure. Yeah. You know, she's seeing her friend who's competed to such a high level and she's thinking, oh, you know, I haven't done that. I'm nowhere near that level. So I think when you look at it with that lens, it's a lot easier to see it in a negative way and to be a little bit like, you know, to read it wrong almost. Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, I have competed at Grand Prix and I've done X, Y, Z. <clears throat> I hate it when I always say X, Y, Z. We say it a lot as well, don't we? I say it all the time. <laughs> I have competed to Grand Prix. So for me, I look at like novice tests and I think, oh, it's so easy. But then I forget that when I was starting out, novice was daunting. It is for everyone. That's the thing. You forget how far you've come. Yeah. And it is difficult. So yeah, you saying that has just made me think, oh gosh, yeah. like. And it's such a human response because you think, oh, well, I've done that and it's absolutely, you know, fine. So what are you worried about? It's totally normal and natural to feel that way. But I would say I definitely had that with you guys, at least when I first got Terry, it was sort of like, I think I had him for not even like two weeks or three weeks and it was like oh, I'll just go out and do like a couple of novices you know and I was like I've never done BD before in my life I've had this horse for two weeks he's like also just done sort of novice with his previous owner so for me that was huge you know yeah. not just doing your first novice but on a horse you don't know either I was like ah. I did it anyway and it was fine but it was interesting because you guys were very much like, oh, it's just a novice, you know. We but, were just a bit flippant about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So, But I didn't read that as like, oh, they're, you know, they're dismissing the level I'm doing yeah. or they think I'm rubbish or, you know, I saw it for what it was, that you guys don't think anything of it because you've naturally competed to such a higher level. But looking at this dilemma, I sort of think, maybe this girl is more aware of the gap between her and her friend in terms of, like, the level they've done Hence why she might have perceived it in a more negative light than it potentially was implied. Yeah, so I would say look at both sides. So appreciate from your side what you're feeling and then think about how the other person is feeling. Something as well that I would say is you cannot change what someone's going to say to you and you can't change their emotions towards it, but you can control how you react to it. Yeah. So I know it's very easy to say but really try to not let it affect you and Mm. just kind of dismiss it from your mind as well. Yeah, because I think you should always give people the benefit of the doubt, especially if this person's a good friend to you, then chances are they had good intentions when they were saying this. It's just it's been portrayed in a false way. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's anything else really is there to say with no. that one. But good luck for your competition yeah. and you'll be fine. And one day you'll be looking back and you'll be going, God, that was so easy. Yeah, maybe use it as like a learning opportunity to think like, actually, when I get to a higher level and I'm talking to somebody that's at a lower level than me, sort of think, oh... I remember when I was them. Yeah. And like talk to them with that sort of mindset. So you could always do that. But yeah, I wouldn't read too deeply into it. I think it's just one of those. Life's a journey, man. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. So a question that we are going to be asking all of our guests that come on. And we are going to have guests in the near future. Yeah, in the near future. (laughs) Is... What is your equestrian ick? And if people don't know what an ick is, it's a behaviour that somebody does that immediately puts you off them. Yeah. What's your ick with boys? With boys? Yeah, just start off easy. Um, I don't like when a boy's just had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and mine's linked to that. The thought of them sitting in a barber's. <laughs> so yeah, like, that doesn't waiting. bother me. Oh no, but the amount of times I've walked past like the barber's and there's just like, a row of like hairy men just sitting there waiting to have a trim up. Or just Yeah, see that doesn't bother me, but when so- when a boy's just had his hair cut, yeah. it, I I am not I don't care if you're like Chris Hemsworth. If you've just <laughs> had your hair cut, I'm going to think you're hideous. <laughs> Because they're just like... So you just want them to keep growing hair forever? No, it's not even that, but it's like... This sounds really weird, but it almost like takes a couple of days to like settle into their head, like their new hair. <laughs> Do you ever get that? No, that's such a you thing. Like... So funny. Oh, it's it's almost it's always a little bit too short, for instance, and you get yeah. you can see the red around their ears or like the line from when where it's been done. <laughs> and they just look I think it stemmed from sick form because at my old sick form there was a barber's literally down the road, so all the boys would go and get their hair cut like during lunch. Yeah. And they'd all come in with their like hair cut. And obviously when you're like seventeen it's that awkward age anyway where you're sort of like a man but you're still a boy and it's like mm. man baby vibe. <laughs> So they'd come in and they'd look even they'd look really boyish, yeah, with their haircut. And I was just like, oh, I'd literally be like, sorry, I, I couldn't like, look at them. I'd no. be like, you look horrendous. I know you've just had your hair done, but I can't. Now I can't think deal. of imagine them all waiting in line. Yeah, see, that doesn't bother me. Oh see. no, I just I just can't do it. Because like all barbers are like open windowed as yeah. well, aren't they? So you can just look right. Which in. is so funny that it's like that. I know it's like a little shop. Yeah, Choose which one you want. <laughs> um, okay, but equestrian ick yes. what is yours yeah so equestrian ick is something that's specific to horses yeah i would say my equestrian ick is when people refer to their horses as it i don't like that that is a huge one don't get me wrong if somebody says it just sort of flippantly like once totally like fair enough you know sometimes it happens especially if you're referring to a horse that you don't know or you know, and you just say, oh, yeah, yeah, apparently it's not very nice or, you know, that or you don't know if it's a gelding or a mare or whatever. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I make some allowances. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But there are people out there who constantly refer to their own horses and other people's horses as it. Yeah. And I just don't like it. No, I don't like it. Because for me, I'm like, it really sort of shows their mindset towards their own horse. They don't see it as being a person. No, they don't see it as being a living being. Yeah. It's a commodity. Yeah. It's like, oh, it won't go. Or it was really naughty. And I'm like... It didn't jump the fence. Yeah. It wouldn't go. I really, really don't like that. No, I don't like that. And often it is people that sort of blame their horse for everything as well, which is another wreck yeah. of mine. Yeah, yeah, that is a That's another big yeah. one. 
Uh, my yours, yeah. <clears throat> my question is when people write on social media, my horse of a lifetime. <laughs> the amount of times we've had a discussion. <laughs> I cannot cope with that phrase. Because it's, it's bandied around a lot. It's also just not correct. Factually, no. Factually, grammatically. Because also, if it's a horse of a lifetime, you can't have a horse thereafter, really. No, no, you've got to die tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it's the only option. Because you cannot say it's your horse of... It's just... It's also a bit offensive to, like, other horses that you're going to have in the future. Because you're like, oh, this is my horse of a lifetime. The other ones are just, like, fillings. Like, they're just... They're subs on the bench. (laughs) And, like, every other horse you've had before that is, like... What, so that wasn't, like, a good enough horse yeah. for you? Disclaimer, though, I would probably say that Vallegro would be a horse of a, a lifetime, almost. Yes. But I mean that sort of within the equestrian society. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with you there. Yeah. I'd say he is the one exception. He's the mm. exception to the rule. Mm. But please, people, stop writing it online. I will ask you. Well, maybe I won't ask you. Maybe someone asked me. Ask me on my deathbed who my horse of a lifetime was mm. and I'll let you know. Don't ask me on a random Monday because, you know, I'm selling my horse and I'm going to put up, you know, my horse is for sale, it's a horse of a lifetime. No, it's not. Mm. It's it's the horse of, of the last few years. I think this vexes you, vexes you more than it vexes me. It really gets under <laughs> my skin because it's used too it's much every, it, is well. it is everywhere. It is everywhere. Yeah, and it's got to... You know, you've got to calm down, people. Yeah. I know everyone loves their horse. I love my horse as well. I'm not going to go and claim that they're my horse for lifetime. No. Because my lifetime's not over. Yeah, like with my horse, Terry, for instance, I absolutely adore him. You know, He's the horse of your early 20s. Yeah, I would say that he's going to be very sort of pinnacle within that we both started together at the beginning of my yeah. career. Like He's going to be very special, like for when I was starting off but I still wouldn't be like oh he's going to be my horse of a lifetime because I know that I'm going to have like quite a few horses there after that are just going to be as equally special in shaping my journey and who I become as a rider I think I think they all bring something unique and different to you I don't think you can have like a singular horse no horse of a lifetime no but most people sort of weigh it based on success don't they when they say that it's usually the horse that they've done the best with in quotes yeah. You know, but that's the best so far. Yeah. As well, a lifetime is you only get what we're not immortal. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's I just don't understand. No, you know because you could go and win the Olympics, age sixty, on a horse that its grandparents haven't even been born yet. Mm. And you look back on social media and you were posting that the horse of your teenage years was your horse of a lifetime. You've won the Olympics on another one. And you've you've shot yourself in the foot there because you were so I don't think anyone's going to like cross-check that. I will. (laughs) Like scroll back on their social media. Do you remember when you said this? It's wrong. Change it. Yeah, it gets under my skin. But yeah, if you have any equestrian icks, and I'm talking to you, the listeners, <laughs> then send them in because I'd quite like to know if people have very like niche ones because yeah. I feel like mine's very common. I don't think I'd know many people that would be like, oh no, that doesn't bother me. I think if people thought about it, they'd be like, oh yeah, that yeah. is like really bad. Yeah. And I don't know if people will agree with mine or not. No. I think that one's a bit more like subjective, but I'd like to see if there are any really niche ones yeah. that I would never have even thought of being an ick before. Yeah. So send them in. Send them in. 
Alrighty then, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you next Monday. Well, we won't see them. We'll... They'll hear us next Monday. Oh, yeah, Monday. we won't even hear them. No. Okay. It's a very, like, one-direction sort of relationship, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I know. We're just, like, giving. <laughs> We're just taking. <laughs> We're literally just talking to a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, a week later, we'll, like, people will listen to it. We're like, see you next week. We're not going to see anybody. We're just going to see each other. Yeah. Well, I'll see you next yeah, week. Yeah, I'll see you next week, Jenna. We're going to be leaving at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Thank you.